everyone. Pete Van Epps. Welcome back to another edition of the Camera Brooks Podcast. I'm really excited to bring you this edition. Uh, for this one, I interviewed Melanie Mansback. Melanie is a West Point mechanical engineer. She's a former aviation company commander who got out of the military a couple of years ago, and she went into a manager-level role at Lanza Pharmaceutical, which is a biopharmaceutical company, um, international company, um, Swiss company, although she's working at a facility in uh, in Hampshire. And um, and it's a really fun conversation because, because, you know, essentially, like similar podcasts, I definitely get into, okay, who is Lanza? What do you guys do? But then we start kind of going down the road of, what an actual manager level role might look like. And, you know, we talk about leading the team. We talk about interacting with custom, her customers. And, and that's a little bit unique, especially in a production environment. Um, so I like this. I like the way that she took the, the direction she took the conversation because she really gives some kind of behind the scenes insight into her day to day and some of the challenges, ch- challenges that she faces. We also, um, she's actually been back to, as a manager, been back to a Camera Brooks conference a couple of times. And so the conversation, then I take the conversation in the direction of, okay, so, hey, as a manager, you come back to a career conference to hire JMOs. What do you look for? What works for you? Why did you select some of the people that you've selected as a hiring manager to come and work in your organization? I think she gives some excellent insight into how to be really successful at a career conference. And then toward the end of the call, I kind of asked her a question out of left field. I asked her, you know, what's the best thing about working in corporate America? And and she talks about um, managing her career and career progression. And her insight is just spot on. And I think you'll really like that part of the podcast where we start talking about, you know, her ability to manage her career and where things might go from here. So it's a really fun conversation with Melanie. She's a fun and interesting person. She has some great insight and I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, just a side note here, if you want to know a little bit more about Cameron Brooks, about who we are and what we do, you can go straight to our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. Plenty of open source material designed to help you learn more about the transition and, you know, really every aspect of the transition. If you want all of that in one place, I'd recommend you pick up a copy of PCS to Corporate America. PCS Corporate America is available on Amazon. You can buy it in paper or you can buy it digitally. It's in its fourth edition now, so it's been updated three times. It's written by Roger Cameron, who really is the founder of helping JMOs transition to corporate America. It's also co-authored by Chuck Alvarez, our president and CEO here at Cameron Brooks, and Joel Junker, executive vice president. So it's got a lot of insight into helping a military officer transition in PCS to corporate America. So go check that out if you want to know more about who we are, what we do, and making the transition. Okay, without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Melanie. All right, Melanie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, absolutely. Glad uh, glad to be here. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's let's start by just sharing a little bit about your military background. What you what you do in the Army and kind of bring us up to speed on some of your background in the military? Uh, absolutely. So uh, I went to the United States Military Academy. Uh, I graduated in 2007. I was an engineering, mechanical engineering major. Um, after I graduated, I went 
branched aviation and went to flight school uh, down in Alabama, Fort Rucker. Um, from there, was stationed in Germany, uh, was a platoon leader in Germany for a couple different organizations, and mm -hmm. uh, then deployed to Afghanistan as a S-1 a personnel officer, and then came back and finished up my career in Colorado, Fort Carson, uh, as a company commander of the aviation maintenance company. Uh, just did about two years of that. So a little bit of everything, a uh, couple different countries. Mm -hmm. You really had some sweet, two sweet assignments. You were in Germany and then you were in Colorado. I mean, those are, those are two highly sought after places. Yeah. I, uh, I cannot complain about my, uh, <laughs> my, in the army at all. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So you came to the conference in June of 16. So you, you start, you've been working now for two full years. Um, tell us a little bit about the, your conference experience. You know, the funny thing is you've been back to a conference now a couple of times to, to interview military officers since your conference a couple of years ago, but let's just think about your conference a couple of years ago. Um, you know, you ultimately selected Lanza. Maybe, actually, let me let me ask this. Tell us a little bit about your company and perhaps why you chose that versus anything else at the career conference. Sure. Uh, so my company is a 120-year-old uh, company. So it's actually uh, got quite a quite a history, and it's a it's a Swiss mm -hmm. company, and it does a quite uh, a bunch of different things, but my uh, segment of the company we do uh, we're in biotech and specifically we make um, active pharmaceutical ingredients which is basically the part of the medicine that works and you combine that you know with some stabilizers or saline or whatever to get packaged and mm -hmm. it gets uh, intravenously um, injected into our patients um, and we make those for our customers so our customers are um, other biotech companies that we produce this, these APIs or this medicine for. Um, and so while I was at the conference, I got to, you know, see a, a bunch of different companies. It was, it was a great experience. Got to really kind of see uh, a lot of different career options. And uh, why I chose Lanza was, you know, one, because of what we do, you know, we, we make uh, medicine for, for very sick people who, who really, you know, they need us to um, not just thrive, but just, just to survive. Um, so that was very mm -hmm. meaningful to me, yet transitioning out of the military, knowing that I still had, you know, that important purpose in what I was doing every day. Um, and then sure. the other aspect was, yeah, <laughs> the other aspect was I got to go uh, be a manager. Um, and, you know, through the course of the, the whole Cameron Brooks experience, um, did a lot of self-reflection, <laughs> figured out kind of the things that I enjoyed about my career in the military, the, the, the aspects of each job that I really, um, really liked. And, and I was always really happy and really attracted to positions where I could be in a, a team leadership role. Um, and I got that opportunity at Lanza um, to lead a, a manufacturing team. So I kind of got to do kind of both of those things in, in one job, which I, I thought was a great fit for me. Fantastic. So 
Um, when you say your customers are other biotech companies, and I think this is an interesting point because because a lot of times when people are thinking about getting out of the military, you know, they're thinking about, you know, who they want to work for. And, of course, we're naturally attracted to companies that make products that sell to us because those are the companies we're familiar with. But my guess is prior to coming to the Camera Rooks Conference, you know, two two plus years ago now, you, you didn't know who Lonza was because Lonza doesn't make a product that actually sells to you and me in, in the pharmacy or whatever it might be. And so um, could you just speak to that a little bit, like it, the relationship with, that your company has with the customers and why that's so important? Because I think that's an interesting aspect of corporate America and the business world that a lot of people don't quite give much consideration to. Yeah, yeah. I uh, Not only had I, I had not heard of Lonza, I actually – uh, it was quite the job just trying to decipher the the job description um, because because I was so unfamiliar with not only the company but what exactly they did. <laughs> but right, uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, as a contract manufacturer, which is what it's called, we um, you know we work for all of the big name companies. So I mean, you you kind of name any of the big companies that are out there. You see them on commercials on TV of you know, try this drug, talk to your doctor about that drug, all of those things. Sure. You know, we, sure. We, that's, those are our customers. And um, what we do is, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of specialists in, in taking uh, a drug that comes out of clinical trials, a drug that um, is ready to be produced and um, we can get it up and through production and get it out to our customers who can get it out to their patients as quickly as possible. Um, so we, what we kind of bring to the table is because we have so many uh, customers and we have so many products, uh, we've gotten pretty good at getting those products out to the market and also the, uh, the regulatory aspects. So we have got a lot of, of interactions with uh, regulatory agencies from around the world um, because you know when you when you do have um, drugs like this, medicines like this, uh, they are highly regulated. You know, uh, every country wants to make sure that they're safe to go into people, that they do what they're supposed to do, um, and that the patients are going to you know uh, get the get the product that that's ex- expected. So um, sure. that is uh, yeah. That is, so it is it is a big uh, aspect of of what we do and and that is a, a challenge to the uh the the business that we're in pretty much is to is to how how do you get from one stage to another um really from cr- clinical trials or or even um how do you expand your market if you you know a lot of these companies um it, it takes a while to get a a new facility up and running and how how do they do that quickly and so that's kind of what we we bring to the table, and it, it's uh, it's great for us because we get to see a lot of different products, and you know, uh, mm-hmm. get to learn a mm-hmm. lot. <laughs> so it's been it's been a great experience for me because I get to get to know I think a lot more of the business than if I worked for anyone like specific company. Sure, sure. Well, th- and this kind of leads me to my next question, and it was a question that you and I were kind of joking about about before we kind of formally got started here, but 
you know, what does a biotech manufacturing manager do? And you kind of laughed and, and kind of said, you know, put out fires or, you know, what, what, what I not do. And so maybe would it be possible for you to describe kind of what you're responsible for, what your team looks like, what a, what a day in the life looks like, which I bet would be a lot harder to describe at this point in the game, but maybe just kind of give us an <laughs> overview of, of who you are and what you do at work. Sure. Um, so my team is, well, basically the, what we do is uh, we grow, we actually grow cells up um, the, the process. So we grow cells from a very small ampule up to uh, about the 20,000 liter size. And then those cells are specifically genetically modified, if you will, to produce a specific protein. And that protein is what goes in, in the medicine. Um, and so from there, then we, we harvest that protein and we purify it down. So that's all we're left with. Um, and that, so basically there's two parts of the process. What we call the upstream part is where we, we kind of grow those live cells up. And then the, the downstream process or the purification process is when we kind of purify that back down to a very small amount of, of uh, protein that we will use as medicine. Um, and so what I, as a manufacturing manager, I, I manage both the upstream and the downstream process. So I have a supervisor on each shift. Um, we work 24-7, 365, they are live cells, so there's no, no timeouts for weekends or nights or holidays. Um, so we're, we always have, have someone in the plant. So I manage the day shift, um, Monday through Friday, and then we've got uh, people on the weekends. So usually kind of <laughs> on call on the weekends sometimes too. But manage, uh, so I have four supervisors on any given day. Two of them are in. And then they each have a team of, of six people uh, who actually go out and um, run the operations from day to day. Uh, and then gotcha. basically, yeah. So my, my job, my first and foremost is just to, to make sure that the process keeps running. Um, so we, we have a, a production schedule that we come in every day. We, we try and accomplish a schedule. And then, yeah, like I firefight a lot. So um, what a day kind of typically looks like is I'll, I'll come in, um, try and get uh, an update of what happened the night before. So, you know, maybe check my emails or talk to the outgoing supervisor. Um, then we have a, a meeting with all of our support teams. So I'll talk to my supervisors. And then we have um, logistics personnel and quality personnel and, engineers and suite maintenance and all of these different people who uh, support us in doing our, our job day to day. So we all mm -hmm. meet in the morning and do a, have a meeting to talk about what are all the things that we need to do for the day, um, you know, what the priorities are, deconflict, anything like that. Um, from there, I uh, have an, an update call with our customers. So we talk to our customer every day and give them an update on um, what's going on with their product, where everything is, um, answer any questions that they might have about uh, anything that's occurred. A lot of time we have the customer in the plant with us as well. So sometimes they want to see certain activities, so we make sure that they're, um, they can be present for that. Uh, and then I spend the rest of the day doing <laughs> a variety of activities. Sometimes I'm out on the floor 
um, with the operators, um, you know, watching what they're doing. Um, you know, a lot of it's still new to the, uh, the industry. So I'm learning a lot too, asking questions, but also, you know, helping with process improvements, helping them uh, solve problems on the floor, uh, identify issues, things like that. Uh, as things come up, I work with, we have um, like scientists that we work with who advise us on the process. I work with, uh, we have quality individuals that I, I'll work with as well. So it's a lot of problem solving and uh, some a lot of cross-functional leadership too, working with a bunch of different teams to make sure that we make decisions as, as problems arise that are going to do um, do what we need to do. But, you know, our, our end goal is like we always have the patient in mind. So we always want to do um, what's necessary to not just keep the process moving, but it's important that the, the safety and the quality of the product is, is of the utmost importance because, you know, the, the patient is the one that's going to need this to be effective. So always sure. trying to try and make those decisions with all that whole team to, to problem solve and, and things like that. So that's kind of a, a general day of what, what I do. I guess my question is, how do you, how do you keep it all straight? <laughs> How do you, what, what's your best advice to someone? And that's not, you know, that's pretty busy. How do you keep it? Yeah. How do you keep it all straight? <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a great question. Um, a lot, I've got a lot of uh, uh, organizational tools, I guess. Yeah. I mean, well, we, we run a lot out of email, so I've got um, keep my inbox pretty organized there. And then I've got, um, one of the things that I like just different tools to uh that I use so I have uh like a Microsoft OneNote that I I always have my sure. phone with me so as as um I can bring it with me out on the floor if I'm in meetings or whatever and jot down things and try and uh just make sure that I don't forget anything but I've got a lot of <laughs> a lot of notebooks a lot of uh well, you know my phone OneNote just keeping keeping everything straight and then uh, making sure I go down all my lists and and get everything done. <laughs> now I got I got three questions kind of generated from a lot of what you just said. The first question is how does a you know West Point mechanical engineer, Army aviation company commander, right? That's kind of your path and your how do you how does someone like that get into a manager level role where you're leading supervisors in a bio in a biotech plan. I mean you didn't know I assume you didn't know anything about biotech. You didn't know anything about manufacturing. Like how did that happen for you? I think I know the answer, but I wanna I wanna hear you kind of talk through that for us. Um yeah I, surprisingly and, and this is actually really uh, I think interesting was interesting to me when I once I got to Lonzo was uh, I realized that, that the jobs were actually very, very similar. Um, so running, running an aviation maintenance company and, and running a, uh, a biotech, biotechnical uh, manufacturing suite are, are, actually, are actually surprisingly similar. Um, so, you know, going through the camera process, obviously, you know, worked, uh, did you know all of the preparation in terms of being able to translate? Um, you know, sure. Uh, 
sorry, translate my uh, translate my skills and my experiences and and things like that. Um, and mm-hmm. and what I actually found is once I once I got to Lanza, I I spent a lot of my my first couple of months there, especially learning to translate what they were looking for into uh, into things that I knew how to do. Um, and then, and then that things got a lot easier after I learned how to how to translate. So when they're like, "Hey, we need this report, or we need this presentation, or or whatever," um, once I was able to make the connection, oh, this presentation is actually this presentation that I used to do in the army, or or this report mm. is very similar to this other report that I used to do. And then uh, once I learned how to how to translate, things <laughs> things got a lot easier. And then sure. after that, when you when you get down to it, it's just you know the actual technical details, which is which is different. And I think um, you know for 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 me, and I think for probably a lot a lot of people uh, in the Cameron Brooks program, you know if if you can survive <laughs> if you can survive the military, you can get through some of the pro, you know the the experiences that that people have going to the conference. Um, you can you can probably figure out um, you're technically savvy enough to figure out a mm-hmm. new industry. Um, sure. Because you you know the the skill set's already there once you just kind of learn the the differences. So. Yeah. Now you talked about your you know interacting with customers on a regular basis, be it on the phone or perhaps they're in the facility. You know, and your customers are the people that are expecting the products that they're going to ultimately put into their products in order to to provide to patients in a, in a pharmaceutical fashion. And so is it like being a maintenance company commander and having, you know, line aviation companies be your customer? Is that a, is that a, you know, is that a a fair way to classify customers at Lanza versus customers as an aviation maintenance company commander? Um, yeah, I think, I think a little bit. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, because you know, yeah, as a maintenance company commander, it's, it's definitely a a service kind of organization support support role. Um, so so uh, there's there's definitely that that relationship in in terms of uh, you know working with those the the flight company commanders and and supporting them and get getting them what they what they need to do their job and um, yeah, definitely. There's definitely some similarities with uh, with our customer and working with them on a daily basis for for them understanding what they need and and getting them the information they need or answering their questions. So, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, the, the, the the reason I wanted to go in that direction or at least ask you that question is because and I was actually having this conversation with someone else as we were exploring ways to connect their background is. One of one of the ways that in the military we we don't think enough in my mind is about how what we do affects other people or what we do. People need what we provide. And, you know, when we provide value to someone who needs what we provide, we can actually call them a customer. And I think that ultimately helps to start thinking about a military background as it relates to corporate America. Because in in the business world, everyone has, you know, there's always a customer associated, you know, and, it may not necessarily be like a, you know, people think, oh, a customer, that must be a sales role, but you're not in a sales role whatsoever. I, I would assume, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> you're, you're selling Lonzo when you're talking to the customer, but that's not a classic sales role, obviously, by any stretch, right? 
No, no, not at all. But you're right. It, it's 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 not a sales role, but it, but it is a sales role because you know, um, you know, almost even to some extent, what we do because we have so much interaction with with our customer and and we really affect that relationship a lot. Um, you know, it's it's hugely important to sales um, what what we do because that relationship not only does it re- uh, affect our specific suite and our specific organization, but you know those those customers. Lons is a global company, so we have suites mm-hmm. and plants all all around the world. So not only does our relationship affect our specific suite in in Portsmouth, but it it also affects relationships that they have in like Singapore or Spain, like <laughs> around the world. So it's it's vastly gotcha. important. But yeah, for really yeah, really important point. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other the other question I wanted to ask. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I keep I'm stepping oh, on yeah, you. Here. Say that again. There's there's just definitely a lot more uh, more sales than I think I thought I was getting into when I when I went through the program. I was like, I don't want to have anything right. to do with sales. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> right. I think that's going to be the title of this podcast: Manufacturing Manager Sales Rep. I think that's where I'm going to go with that. See, if, see how many people I can attract to this call. Um, the other question I wanted to ask you is, you know, you said you always have the patient in mind, and obviously you're not interacting directly with the patient. I mean, I, I understand that, but you know, what kind of conversation are you having with your supervisors and their and their team members as you're kind of leading this large organization? Are, is that is that coming up in your daily meetings, or in you know, how how does that topic come up with your team? Uh, so we actually uh, one of the, we have displays out throughout the suite, and one of the the areas of the displays is actually patient stories. Um, so we actually kind of no no matter where you go in the suite, there's usually a picture and a story of of a patient that uses our specific drug, um, which is okay. kind of cool because it really brings it. You know, it hits that it hits it home for for us to to say you know this isn't just some ambiguous person out in the world that you know we we don't know and we don't know anyone with a specific disease you know our our specific disease that we treat for our our drug is is um an orphan disease so there's not a ton of people who have it uh so, so instead of it it you know just being kind of a a faceless nameless person out there um we actually get to see their stories we get to see you know pictures of them and their parents and and you know hear how they were diagnosed and what their treatment's been like and things like that and um those are kind of prominently displayed throughout the suite and we kind of always just get back home to what we're doing and and why we're doing it so great <laughs> now are you interacting with i'm going to change gears on you here i know that um <laughs> A couple of folks have gone up there. We've seen some people go up to Lanza from from the military, specifically Cameron Brooks, but maybe other companies as well. But are you interacting with uh, with JMOs on a consistent and regular, you know, former JMOs, I should say, with a, on a consistent and regular basis? <laughs> um, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, my, I actually share an office with uh, a JMO, so my 
night counterparts. So I'm the day manufacturing manager. Uh, my night manufacturing manager for the same suite uh, also came through Cameron Brooks. I think he came out of like the January conference of 2017, so like six months after me. Um, so, okay. so we work very. And that's together. Ryan, right? Is that Ryan? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's Ryan. So we we work together uh, every day. Uh, you know, so share an office. Our chairs are like you know a foot from each other. <laughs> right. Now, wasn't he an aviation? I'm not, I'm not looking, so I'm kind of going off memory. Was he an aviation officer as well? Uh, he was armor. Armor. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I'm thinking equipment, but yeah. Well, that's cool. So are you guys, I mean, how much, and maybe the answer is none, but how much, you know, um, he was an Army officer. I know that. So, you know, Army not war stories. I'm not really interested in that. I'm sure you guys aren't, you know, when I was in the Army, I'm not sure you're doing that at all. But, I mean, are you are you using some of the things you guys learned in the military and bringing that forth? You've already hit on that subject some, but I really am interested to hear your interaction with him and, and if that's ever coming to light. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, we we both kind of lean on our, our experience in, in the Army a lot. Um uh, and and kind of try and take things that worked for both of us um, in the military. You know, he came out as a he had two years of company command too, so um, we had kind of mm -hmm. some some similar job titles. So uh, a lot of times when we're trying to solve problems, how do we deal with this problem? Or how do we you know how do we deal? You know, we want to do some training or we want to do um, you know, leader development, or, you know, we have this issue with shift turnover, we have, you know, whatever the problem is, um, a lot of times we do kind of lean on, on our experience and say, hey, you know, I, I had done this in the past in my role, have you, you know, did you do the same thing, you know, did this work, do you think we can translate this, um, right. you know, and something that we, we can use to, to help out our current organization, so, um, I think, yeah, we, we, we do end up, uh, talking about our, our military experiences quite a bit because, um, you know, I think, I think you go back to what works, right? So, so I think sure, we, sure. we both, we both had, you know, learned a lot of things that worked and a lot of things that didn't work over our time in the military. So, um, I don't think we, we, we want to, you know, uh, to dismiss that we we mostly try and, and look at that and say okay how do like I said you know how do we translate how do I get um you know that situation that we were in and and translate that tool we used or or this you know this method of doing something uh into something that's that's applicable in in this business and and a lot of times it is and uh <laughs> a lot of times it's worked out pretty well for us so we don't have to to reinvent the wheel uh, we just go with what we know. <laughs> you know, one of the one of the things I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast are are not yet transitioned, and so you've been back, and you you really blazed the trail, Alonzo. You were the first, at least from Cameron Brooks, and maybe not the first JMO, but certainly the first Cameron Brooks JMO to go to Lonza. And since then, there have been people that have come after you. So you were literally blazing the trail at that company, at least from a Cameron <laughs> Brooks perspective. But you've already yeah. you've been back. I mean, I, I you were probably at the conference that Ryan was actually interviewing at. You know, I'm just kind of yep. piecing things together. But yeah, so so you know, as a as someone who came to the conference not all that long ago, it's been a couple of years though. So you're pretty removed from the process now. 
but you've also been back as someone who has helped do the recruiting for your company in a manager level role. And so can you help those that perhaps are looking at a transition or, you know, are, are in the, in the process of transitioning, can you help them kind of understand what at least Melanie Mansback looks for as it relates to at a conference and what works and, you know, being in an interview, can you just, I know that's kind of a, a left field question that I didn't kind of prepare you for, but as I'm thinking about it, I think your perspective would be fantastic for someone to hear like, Hey, I've been to back to a conference twice to recruit. And here's what worked when I was on the other side of the table, so to speak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I wasn't expecting that question <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> Yeah, I I went to what was it five conferences and or there's five conferences in a year and I think I attended three that year or in like a okay. calendar year one one was my own and then two I came back to to recruit for so uh, right. spent a lot of time with Brooks that year okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah I think uh, the things that that really um, stuck out for in terms of candidates as on on the recruiting side I think are, are a lot of the things that you guys hit hit home on anyway um but you know the tying the stories to um you know specific stories that you uh, can kind of picture the person doing the job um that that you guys do um, so kind of understanding, tying that, that experience into the mil from the military into the, the, the job that you're specifically interviewing for. And mm -hmm. so that, that you as a recruiter can be like, no, that's, you know, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I need a, a good, strong leader who can deal with this situation. And that's how I would want someone to deal with it. So that's, <laughs> that's that, you know, those kind of candidates. Um, and then I sure. think the 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 other thing is you know um i think candidates who can kind of uh relax a little bit and build some rapport um so you can kind of see you can actually kind of judge whether or not they'd be a fit um and you can kind of tell over the course of the conference so you, so you see it as a as when you're there the everyone starts the first day off the first morning a little a little nervous and then you know, sure. as you go on, you can kind of get to to know what their um, their personality is like a little bit. Because uh, the other thing is, you know, I, and I think th this is something that you guys said at, at my conference when I was a candidate is, um, you know, you guys, every, you're, all of these people who are going to go talk to the com their companies, all those candidates, they're all qualified to do the job. There's not a single one of them that you're like, this guy can't do the job. Uh, a lot mm -hmm. of times when we are making the decisions on who we wanted to bring back to do follow-on interviews, uh, a lot of the times it had to, to do with, you know, one, does this person want to do the job? Like, is this sure. really what they like to do? Is this really what they're going to want to do as a career? And then the other one is, are are they going to be the right fit for our company in terms of personality? Do they have the kind of personality that would fit in 
um, you know, with the other people who are on the team. And and the more you can kind of relax and show interest in in the job uh, specifically, you know, that's that's really I think kind of the biggest selling point is like because uh, like I can't tell you how many conversations we had afterwards after candidates left the room and we were rating them and we're like yeah this you know what this person's great they're gonna go do a, a great job somewhere but you know maybe they're I don't know if they really wanna work for us if we're we're the person that they wanna uh, or we're the job that their career maybe that they they really wanna end up in. So right. the more you kind of connect that and be be like, yeah, this is this is, I totally interested in it, then that's um, that's kind of what uh, I guess hits home. You know, I think one of the things that people miss on is, you know, you're talking about all right, so an officer leaves the room and you guys are conferring on whether or not you know they would be a fit and if they would be interested, and I think sometimes people are interested, but they don't do a good job demonstrating interest in the role because they're too nervous about, you know, having a perfectly constructed interview answer or whatever it might be. And there's such a fine line between being prepared to interview. And you know this because I know that you were all over prep. You're in that study group. You're working really hard. So when you came to the conference, you were really prepared to interview, which allowed you to kind of be yourself, relax, you know, be, you know, just, just be relaxed so they can really get to see the real you. I think the mistake people make is, one, they, they never relax because they're too focused on giving the perfectly scripted answer, or the other side of that and the other kind of end of that spectrum, they're too relaxed, but they're not really prepared to talk about the experience as it relates. So it's really good feedback, and it's really good advice. The advice that I'm hearing you say is make sure that you're prepared, but be prepared enough so when you get in an interview, you don't have to – you know, be super nervous and to, you know, you don't have to overthink it. Just be really prepared so then you can be yourself is what I heard. <laughs> I think yeah, I heard that. No. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> I think that's absolutely right is, yeah, you want to, you want to be able to answer the question, but I think, yeah, the, the more, you know, like, like you said, the, the more prepared you are where you can go in and you're, you're confident that you can answer the question and mm -hmm. you can, you can mm -hmm. do to uh, you know what what they're looking for. The more confident you are when you go in the room, the more you can kind of um, you know let your personality out a little bit, like let let them get to know who you are a little bit, um, and and then they can kind of connect to you not just through your experience, but who you are as a person. Because um, because really when it comes down to it, that that's what they're looking for. Hey, is this the person that I want to share an office with for the next? years which is you know literally the decision that I made with Ryan right I was at the conference uh yeah interviewing him mm -hmm. uh and, and sure. as the one who brought his resume back to my boss and was like hey we should look at this guy for this night manufacturing manager role we have open you know um so, so you're the one sitting there going not only is this guy going to is he able to do the job but do I want to work with him day in day out for the next two years right. so right right I um I remember I was literally at you know I was an employee of Cameron Brooks for like three days I was still actually living in Dallas I hadn't quite moved down to Fredericksburg yet and Joel Junker had said hey why don't you why don't you just join me for this webcast that I'm doing for the candidates coming to the conference here in the next couple of weeks and so I'm 
you know, I, I mean, I hadn't been to a Cameron Brooks conference in, you know, I don't know, 15 years. I mean, it'd been a good long <laughs> while and I'd been doing my own thing for so long. And I remember at the end of the call, he's like, well, Pete, do you have anything for the candidates? I was like, oh gosh, what am I going to say? And I just remember saying, you know, I wasn't ready to do any coaching or anything like that, but I just remember saying, be yourself in an interview. That is probably the best way to let a company really see you and then therefore make a determination, as you're saying, and then we're kind of making the same point back and forth, but really allowing a company to see you, who you are, and, and, and if you'd be a good fit for the organization. So, All right, one more question for you, and then I'll let you go. What has been the <laughs> best thing, the absolute best thing in your mind, and I'm sure you missed the military, so this isn't about – you know, talking bad about the military, but what's been the best thing in your mind about being out of the military and working in corporate America? It would probably be um, the the freedom to, you know, the the structure is not the same in the military. So the, in the military, there's a, a very clear, you're going to go do this for this amount of time, then you're going to go do this for this amount of time, and then you're going to go do this other thing. Uh, and in this job, you know, I've been able to come in, I've really been able to work with a lot of different departments. I've been able to to see a lot of different things, but if I want to get involved with something, I can go and get involved with another project. And, um, you know, I can, I can go work with different departments. I have the, the kind of freedom to, to, when it comes to career progression, as I start to, to look to next jobs, I, you know, I don't have to go through a rigid structure of okay this is my next job then this is your next job and this is your next job um you can kind of follow where you want to go what interests you um so start to you can actually start to explore a little bit and learn uh, a lot of different aspects of the business as, as you can kind of get to know um you know what what it is your company does what it is um, that you that you want to do and and there's a lot of freedom in that which is which is also kind of scary but it's it's um, you know exciting and it's nice nice to have that the ability to make decisions when it comes to um, you know my career and and where I want to go from here uh, not having to have a structured st- structured role you know you can only do this job for 18 months and you go do the next job um, you can kind of do do what you want to do uh, and and follow that career path away. Um, and I guess whatever you find find interesting or like to explore. So I think that's excellent. That's cool. Excellent <laughs> feedback. I uh, oh man, that is really good. And I'm glad you said, and it could be a little scary too, because I wanted to say, you know, the other side to that coin is when no one's telling you, okay, you're going to do this for 18 months, you're going to do that for 18 months. Sometimes I, you know, I'll get a call from one of our alumni saying, hey, you know, I don't know what's next and no one's really telling me what's next. And I mean, 99% of the time, my answer is be patient. It's coming. And then, you know, six months later, I get a call from that person like, hey, I got promoted. So, so, so it's, it's not as structured, which to your point can be a little bit scary, but the interesting thing, and now I'm really excited to see how things progress for you in the next couple of years here, because because I'm, I'll be interested interested to see where you actually take that, because you're going to have a lot more opportunity to build a professional network, explore opportunities, and and you don't have to go into you know some traditional next job. You can take your career in a lot of different places, and 
And that's the one of the really neat things about working in corporate America. So I totally caught you off guard with that question, <laughs> which I appreciate your flexibility and thinking through that thoughtful answer. What a what a great answer. What a great way to end the call. So I'm excited for you, Melanie, and, and all the things in store for you at Lanza. I really appreciate your insight and your time this afternoon. It was great to catch up with you. Thanks. It was great to talk to you, too. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Bye.